you to turn in your Bible this morning to the book of 2 Corinthians, please. Yes. 2 Corinthians. Now, I'm going to start a series this morning. It may just go this morning. Who knows? You know, I, I'm real candid about how I work on this. So, uh, but I'm going to call it, What Could You Do If Money Was Everywhere? What could you do, what would you do if money was everywhere? Now, you may think you know. And you probably do know, but most people, when money's everywhere, it's fell on them. Now, there are rich people, heirs and heiresses, that were born into it. They were what they call born with a silver spoon in their mouth. They've always had money everywhere. And so we call them the rich, the affluent. And they're a, they're a specific kind of people. But what if you, you and me, Christians, had money everywhere? What would you do with that? Well, the love of money is the root of all evil, Timothy says. So you might not be as sure about what you were going to do as you think. One thing about money is money multiplies whatever you are. If you're a good man, a good woman, it'll multiply that. It'll make you a more of a good man and a good woman. If you're a bad person, it'll multiply that. It'll make you worse. You'll be able to carry out nefarious things to a greater degree. So money is simply a multiplier. It doesn't change anybody. It just makes who you are more affluent. We've said before, and we'll say it this morning, money is the one thing that makes you in a type of omnipresent, omnipresent. It causes you to be able to win people in Brazil to Jesus today, Peru. They're getting born again today because of money that you sent. Are you there? So, but you never went. You never spoke a word. You don't, you don't know Nicole. You, you didn't know how old she was or any facts and details, but that happened because of you in a sense. And one day, I'll tell you one day, you can't attribute what your $10, your $100, your $1,000, what it went to with Sunday Guard Joe or with uh, the Wilsons or, or anybody else you give to. But one day, the Lord's going to be able to apportion that to you, and you'll know exactly. The Bible says they're going to come up to you and thank you for what you did. Like, what did I do? I gave into an offering that they put in the bank and they wrote a check and it went over there and they spent it on supplies and shoes and whatever. I don't know even what you're talking about. Ah, but the Lord knows. I said the Lord knows. And the books are so good where he is. And so we need to know what would I do if money was everywhere? Now people don't really like you to talk about money on the outside, the religious side, but they want to know about money. It's kind of a thing like, I, I hate to say this, but I'd like to know about money. But I wouldn't want to say that in church because then that makes me look like some sort of religious person or some sort of uh, uh, greedy, money-grubbing person. But the truth is, there's more scriptures about money in the New Testament than there is about heaven or hell, about salvation. Why do you think that is? It could be that we need more help in money than we do in everything because the way that he created us. He created us to believe him for a supply. He is the father and we are his children and the children are always dependent on the father. So he wants us to have it figured out and so we will. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, one thing I was, uh, wrote it down this morning in the worship is about speed limits. Y'all know all the speed limits are not the same everywhere. Used to be, when we went to West Texas, we had to cross Louisiana. Well, bless their Cajun hearts, they would lower the speed limit to 65. 65. Now, y'all may think that's terrible, because it, it used to be 55. But they jacked it up to 65. But then you go over into Texas and the speed limit's 75. Wow. Well, it... It feels good to feel good, and it feels good to drive faster. I don't know what y'all think, but after you've been on the interstate for 27 years back and forth, you, the thrill is gone. You just want to get there. Hallelujah. 
So the same reason you are always aware of the speed limit, how fast can I go? Because I dare say everybody in here goes all of it. Whatever it is, that's what we're doing. Plus, well, never mind about that. We're, we're, we're at least going that fast. I promise you when we stick it on 75, my little car, it's got a little four-cylinder in it. Sometimes going up those hills at 75, it kicks down. You go, what is this? Feed the squirrels, feed the hamsters, do something up there. They're, you know, but we're trying to go all the speed limit. In Montana, oh my, they giddy up. Uh, New Mexico, northern New Mexico, I, Interstate 40 is 80. That's, that's getting there hurrier, faster than ever. The same thing with your money. We all want to know what is the money limit in heaven. Is there a money limit? Lord, how much money can we have and please you? Come on, get out of your religious thinking and say, yeah, that's right. We want to know how much money could I have because we like it. We like it. There's a liberty. There's a freedom. You can exploit it. You can be a bad person with too much money. The same thing. You can buy drugs with it. You can... You can do all sorts of bad things, or you can do good things. You can send missionaries to Brazil and Peru with the same money. Money is, is not committed. It is whatever the owner of it is. That's what it is. But we all want to know what is the limits on God in money. How much is he going to say is too much? Well, we sang a song this morning that says all things are possible. Now, how much of that do we believe? Not all things, just a lot of things. Just things that I'm not used to. That's what's possible. No, all things are possible. So I'm, I'm getting me trained. I hope you're getting yourself trained to handle money, to handle supply. The key is, is that if he can trust you in this offering with the Parkers and other things, it's a trust thing. Now, if we said the air conditioner got went out and if we don't have an air, if we don't get money, this service, we're all, we're all going to be sweating like a, like a, a banshee next Sunday. Everybody's like, ah, kicking in, kicking in. But, but what if we just said it's going to happen, something's going to happen in a faraway place that will never affect you? That's the test. Can the Lord trust us with money? In other words, can he give us seed to sow and we'll know what to do with it? At River Church, it is our goal, corporately, to be stewards over whatever money comes in. In other words, he can trust us to send it where he says. He can trust us to rent the building and not say, Lord, we've got to have a cathedral. Well, I, that'd be all right with me, but if, until he says so, this is what we're in. I want to be trustworthy so that if he says, I need to send 100000 somewhere... He can drop it by River Church, and he'll know that by the weekend, that's where it'll be. Did y'all get that? Yes. And that's exactly what he's doing with you. Yes. It's not like, well, money comes some to some people and not to others. It comes based on stewardship. Can you and I be trusted? I'm working on myself to be trusted because I want him to be able to use me as a distribution center. Yes. A distribution center. One of our logos at River Church is glory distributors. We are glory distributors. And the money, the first time money is mentioned in the Old Testament, the first time glory is mentioned, it's talking about money. How about that? God, God thinks money is wonderful because it can bring him glory. Second Corinthians chapter 9, let's look in verse 10. Hallelujah. Said all that to finally say this. Now that he, now he that ministereth seed to the sower, he ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So here we have the attributes of God. People that don't believe that he cares about money or that he doesn't like people to have money. We want you poor so you'll be holy, you'll be righteous. And if, you, if you're wanting money, you're an unholy scamp. 
He said, he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown. The Amplified says, and God who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating. So there's two kinds of money. There's seed for sowing and there's bread for eating. Bread meaning supply. Your electric bill, your gas bill, your groceries. And God who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating will also provide and multiply, oh my, your resources for sowing. So it's not my money that I'm sowing. I finally, I firstly decide to be a sower. And he says, okay, everybody that's a sower, raise your hand. I'm going to hand out $10 bills today. That's how he thinks. And increase the fruits of your righteousness. We'll also provide and multiply your resources for sowing. God's involved in our giving. Now the passion, hang on. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer the sower, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant toward you. Say extravagant toward me. That's what the Bible says. Is even more extravagant toward you. First, he supplies every need plus more. This is the Bible, y'all. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. Oh my, you will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. That's what the B-I-B-L-E says. He's involved. Well, I wish he would talk to me about it. He just did. It's in the Bible. It, this, is, this is his mind. He said, I'm going to write down what I'm thinking. And so he did. It's amazing. It's amazing. Money, people are more afraid of God for the money than anything. Because everything else you can be anonymous about. I told you about the church that I attended recently that some people came to the deacon board and said, we don't like it that, well, they didn't say it exactly like this, but that's how it came out. We don't like it that they pass the plate because it looks like we're not giving when they pass the plate. And we don't want to be seen as people that aren't supportive and giving. And so we want to put a little box at the back and have an anonymous giving. Wow. Well, that's good if I guess, well, it's not good. But, but if you want to do it that way, but... I didn't know about it, so I was waiting for the offering because I give in every offering. I know you do too. We give in every offering. We, it never came. Well, it was the box at the back. Oh, my goodness. Because a few people want to be anonymous, we deprive everybody of bringing their tithe into the storehouse. Bringing the tithe into the storehouse. So I wrote down that we should position ourselves to be in the flow of the already. See, what I just read you is the already. God's already saying, I want to be involved in your giving. And so I'm going to position myself. I'm going to come to every service. Every time they're going to receive an offering, I'm going to bring something. Because I don't want to come before the Lord and say, I ain't got nothing for you. Because everything is an exchange. You're not buying the blessings of God, but we're cooperating with him and we're agreeing with him. All I've got is yours, Lord. The funny thing about the tithe is, not funny, but the interesting thing is, is that something supernatural happens when you bring your tithe. The Lord, in his accounting, in his receiving, you put 10% towards him and it changes, kind of like the communion bread or the, the, the cup, you know, that sort of thing. It changes where his accounting is that when he receives it, he gets all that you have. In other words, he thinks you gave it all. You got $10,000 that came in this week and you, you're, you minister a thousand to him. He sees and accounts that as 10,000. 
He doesn't say, well, okay, you barely got under the bar. You are just under it. He sees the whole thing that you gave it all. He's a faith God. And that's how he sees things. I can prove it, but we're not going to this morning because that's not the point. But I want to tell you, he's way better than we thought he was. <laughs> he's way better towards us than we thought he was. So I'm going to position myself to be in the flow of the already. In other words, I'm not trying to get God to do something. He's already in. He's already said, this is the program. This is the deal. Give me a tithe. Bring me a tithe. I don't need your money. It doesn't matter to me. But your tithe is your heart. It is who you are. It's, it's, it's what you think about me. It measures what you think or believe about me, God says. So if you bring your tithe or if you bring your offering, he says, "Woo, they're in. That allows me. It doesn't make him say where I can, but he's, that allows him to be generous towards us. If we're generous towards him, he, then he's able, able to give seed to the sower and bread to the eater because he gives seed to the sower. He doesn't just pass it out and say, this is, this is, this is McDonald's bucks or something to everybody. He gives seed to the sower. That's what you would do with your children. If one of them sat on the couch all day and one of them went out and hoed weeds all day, it'd be easier to give the one that went out and hoed and did. It'd be easier to bless him, wouldn't it? You might do something else, but it wouldn't be because of, of a job done. It would just be because they're a kid. They're yours. They're, they're part of your family. But it's easier to bless them that obey and cooperate and agree with father. Nobody likes a kid in their house that's rebellious and saying, I don't agree with this family's values. I don't want to do. I don't like my family name. I don't want to cooperate with y'all. I don't want to be seen with y'all. I want to hang out with my kids, my brothers and sisters, my, my friends. Nobody. That's not what we like. We like a kid that says, hey, I love you, mom and dad. Can I be like you? Oh, we give them everything. We just pour it out. It's not different. Second Kings. Don't go there, but because Barry will have it up. But in chapter seven, verse three, there's a story about a tremendous famine that's in uh, Samaria. And none of those details are important, except that it's so bad that they're they're actually starting to eat their babies. That's things have been hard a long time. And so there's four. You think it couldn't be worse. That's the inside the gates. But outside the gates, there's four lepers. Now, lepers have a hard time in the good times. But these boys, they're getting nothing out of the city. So here's what one of them says. There was four leprous men at the entering of the gated of the gate of at the entering of the gate that said one to another, why sit we here until we die? In other words, we see no natural hope. They went on to say, maybe we'll go down there and they'll kill us. Same difference. Or maybe they'll go down there and let us wash a camel or, or uh, shine the sword or something and we can live. And so they basically said, let's do all we can today. Family, that's not bad. Whatever's going on in your life, you can always go back to God and say, is there anything I can do with my life today? I'm not to tomorrow yet. Yesterday's gone, but today I own today. Lord, is there anything I can do? What would you like me to do? What would open the door? What would give me a break? What would, what would facilitate your goodness toward me? What can I do for you today? I have a lot of people say, well, I, I can't do anything for the Lord. They're elderly, maybe. I said, darling, you can pray. I have lots of people, lots of people that are they're like, well, I'm used up. I can't go to church and I can't. But you can pray. Oh, there's a season for everybody. You can pray. And so do all you can today. That's all anybody requires of anybody is what if you what can you do today? I believe, say what you will, that bad times are coming on the earth. Not for you and me, 
but in the world. And we're like the people in Goshen. Remember the people in Goshen? All the plagues were going on in Egypt, but in Goshen, none of the plagues happened to the children of Israel. The Israelites were under a canopy, an umbrella in Goshen. We're in Goshen, a spiritual Goshen. We're under the umbrella of his protection and provision. I don't believe we're even going to have to smell what's coming. If you, I, I don't know what you listen to. I just, in passing, I see the coming recession and get, your, get all your assets in gold. Don't have any money. Get gold, get silver, get whatever. And it's all about terrible times. And I don't discount those for the world. But I say you can't lose with the stuff we use. And we got we to get a, a dependence, a dependence on who we are in him and his system being our total supply. Even though we go to work and we get a check from wherever, we say, I never depend on this. This, this isn't who I am. And it'll never affect you. You're right there in chapter 9. Uh, go back to verse 8, please. We were in verse 10. Let's go back to verse 8. Verse 8 says, in God. Let's talk about what would you, what could you do if money was everywhere? What could I do if money was everywhere? Do you think we need to ask that question? Do you think if you don't ask that question that money's ever going to be everywhere? I agree. If you don't ever put that on your vision roadmap, if you don't have everything that says, I am a Romans 12 paymaster, he who gives, let him give with liberality. There's people that are believing God, but have believed God to live on 10% and let 90% of their income flow through. Well, like Buddy Harrison said, Kenneth Hagin's son-in-law, he said, you got to have a good cash flow when you're going to live like I live on 10%. You've got to have a lot coming through. If it takes a million to live, you've got to have 10 million coming, don't you? So uh, in verse 8, it says, and God is able. Well, if he's able, do you think he's able? Do you think he wants to? If he's able, do you think he'd put it in the word? I'm able, but I may not want to. <laughs> I, you better straighten up or I'm not going to do what I, I, I could. You just know I could, but I may not want to. You know, that's just not how it reads. And God is able. So he's saying, give me a chance to do what I'm able to do. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Towards who? Towards me. Say it. Towards me. God is able to make all his grace. And that's a lot of grace. Abound, abound, not trickle, just abound. Well, we just crack the faucet a little bit. Drip, drip, drip. Abound towards you. What does that look like? Oh, he explains it. That ye, what does abound toward me look like? That ye having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. There's a lot of superlatives in there. A lot of extremes. A lot of the to the edge of the limit. You having all sufficiency in all things that you may abound to every good work. It sounds like someone that had money everywhere. Had access to everywhere. That's in the Bible. Did y'all see it in your Bible? Uh, nope, that's not the Apocrypha. That's the real Bible. That's the one we use. All sufficiency in all things that ye may abound to every good work. You knew I found it in the Amplified. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. Are y'all listening? So that, why would he make all things come to me in abundance? Why would his grace overflow? So that, so he's going to tell us, so that you may always... And under all circumstances, and whatever the need, be self-sufficient. What does that mean? Possessing enough to require no aid or support. And this thing just goes and goes. Furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. 
Y'all, he's better than we thought. His intentions are noble. His intentions are toward you. He wants us to look like him. This is good. This is real good preaching. Get a copy of this. We're going to listen to it on the way home. Hallelujah. <laughs> the passion version. I just couldn't resist. God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so, so that you will have more than enough of everything. What could you do if money was everywhere? Every moment and in every way. He will make you, he will make me, he will make us overflow with abundance in every good thing we do. That's in the Bible. That's in the same Bible that says he's a fire from the loins up and a fire from the loins down. It's in there. So I say, you can say what you want, but I say that if we would just follow the written word, we'd have plenty. That there's no, I don't know if I'm good enough and I don't know if I can cross every mountain and swim every... Just follow the word. Just be generous. Just be generous. Just say, I, I got $2. Let's throw them both in. That's what the widow with the two mites did. Jesus said, I had a girl. She said, you did good. He didn't say, you know, your budget's going to be out of whack this next week by doing that. I don't think you ought to, you ought to reconsider, girl. Threw him in. How about 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13? No, that's not right. Where are we? I don't know where that came from. Is it verse 10, 13? That's not it. God is faithful to his word. Where's the one that uh, every time you're tempted, he will make a way of escape? Y'all know where that is? Deborah Ann wrote my notes down wrong, is what I'm thinking. <laughs> she was innocent there. Well, let me just read it to you. It's in the Amplified. Let me just read it to you. You'll get it. God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature. And he can be trusted to not let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength and resistance and power to endure. But with the temptation, y'all know this verse, don't you? And with the temptation, he will always also provide the way out, the means of escape to a safe landing place. He's always making a way where there is no way. I, I got this scripture. You know, it's one of my very favorites. Psalm 77, 19 in the living. Your road led by a roadway through the sea, a pathway nobody knew was there. That's happening all the time. Let me just tell y'all, I'll say it on broadcast. River Church has been having a road under the sea uncovered financially for the last several years. I don't know if y'all know that or if you could figure it out. I don't know if y'all ever look around and say, how's this happening? Let me just tell you, there was a road that he provided under the sea that nobody knew was there. And he put it down before we even knew there was a need for a road to escape, to, to have supply. I'm just telling y'all, just a little window opened right there. Now we're going to shut it and not talk about it again, but supernatural provision, a supernatural way of escape. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Yes, ma'am. If you will give and do what you have that does not meet your need, God can and will take what he has that abounds past your need. Say that again. It's kind of a pithy little saying. If you will give and do what you have that does not meet your need. In other words, you have a need of 100 and you only have 67. So you just give it saying this, this isn't going to get it. So you sow it. God can and will take what he has that abounds past your need. 
So it just depends on how you and I want to live. Everybody can live any way they want to. You can live like a recluse, a hermit, an old miserly person that's just like, I got my stuff, don't touch my stuff, don't be asking me for my stuff. Or you can be free and just let it go. In the natural sense, the world has control of all of our money. The systems are set up. But there's one little window of giving, of generosity, that they cannot control. And it's what we have in our giving. They can't touch it. They've touched everything with taxes and regulations. And I have absolute control of my financial future. That's what I'm telling you. Though the government seems to have everything and the system has seemingly control of everything, there is a, there's a hidden, there's an unseen way of absolutely having dominance over my financial future. No one controls my financial future except me in him. And it's no different for you. You don't have enough? Well, let's blame somebody. My brother stole the inheritance. Well, that'd be, that'd be handy. But it doesn't play well in heaven. People are always got an excuse. They've always got a reason. They've got a, they've got a problem for every solution. They blame somebody. Always blaming somebody. Well, I lost my money in this. And they lied to me in that. And they stole this from me. And it wasn't fair what my sister did to me and all these stories. And you just go on and on. And it's endless. But the truth is, once you have Jesus and you start obeying and following the word and get in agreement with heaven, nobody can shut you down. Nobody can stop you. No weapon formed against you. So they are forming the weapons and they do have a plan. The devil has a plan to take it all and leave you mad at God because it didn't work out and you gave and it didn't work out and all that. But the truth is, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It'll die stillborn. It's a strategy. He's always pushing something forward. Just like in your email. You ever get something from somebody that says, just click this button and you're, you're going to be in the promised land. You just put the Delito on that. And so uh, you're always getting a deal that seems too good to be. But this is the deal. But it's up to you. And nobody's saying do this or else. It's just the default is the world. The default, if you do nothing, if you just go along in the worldly sense of we're going to give what we can afford, we're going to sow when we can, we're, we're going to be closing our ears up. It's the end of the month and I ain't got anything to give you. Me and somebody were in the restaurant the other day and he, he left and went around the corner as we were going. Well, he bought somebody's dinner that was already eaten. I didn't know what he was doing, but I went around the other corner. We, we had not discussed it, and I put money on the table of three little, three little old ladies. It looked like they were having a party. And I said, let me buy supper for y'all. I'm only telling y'all that not to brag on us, but to say it's not always in church, and it's not always Peruvian missionaries. It's not always somebody saying, can you spare a quarter? These people looked like they were well able to pay out. They were seated. They better have something. There's a lot of dishes to wash in the back. So it just what it does, like when you tip at the table, and you go, what, what, is, what is 18%? What's 15% of this check? Let's get out the calculator. It's like, ah, oh, just put it down. Because generous goes into your future. And it can't be stopped. We like to say there's wherever money is, there's plenty more where that came from. And you've got to have that mindset or you'll be counting pennies and you'll be counting your, your bank account and you'll be budgeting. Personally, I shouldn't say this, but I despise budgets. I, I know you'll, they'll throw me out. But budgets say you can't when faith is saying you can and you never really have to add it up because, like I said, there's plenty more where that came from. I'm way behind where I need to go.
series. Yeah, there's a series coming. You know, 2 Corinthians 4.18. Don't look it up. Barry might put it up there, but it says, we look not at the things which are seen. So let's first person that. I look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. That's what faith does. That's why I don't like budgets. They're seen. Now, you may, you may do good with your budget. I, I don't care, of course. Money is always subject to change. If there's anything in this world that is subject to change, sometimes people's attitudes towards you, they're, they're not changing for a while. But money can be changed just like that. Suddenly, suddenly, there's suddenlies where money can come into your life and no one can explain it or no one can say this is why, but your financial position can change suddenly. I live there. I live there. I, I go out to the mailbox and I tell Deborah Ann, checks in the mail. And you know what she says? Checks in the mail. That's just what we say. Mostly it's bills, but sometimes there's a check in the mail. Hallelujah. But I'm working on it. Hallelujah. So anywhere money is or came from, there's plenty more where that came from. And all of us are eating well and making our payments and, and having paid off stuff. I say money is always moving. Can we say that together? Money is always moving. Because the Bible says if you'll give, It'll be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For what measure, for with what measure you measure, it shall, it shall be meted, it'll be given back to you. Look it up. It's good for you to find it. Hallelujah. So money's moving. I'm giving here and I'm giving there just like you are. And so money is flowing. It's just like a stepping into a river and there's a current flowing. And it's changing all the time. Now, I wrote this down because I thought I might want to say it, and I do. Miracles, miracles, miracles. Everybody wants a miracle. I want one. Okay. I want one. We all want miracles. Miracles are always the harvest of faith violently planting a seed. A miracle is the result of someone like the widow with two mites. The Bible says, the word says, she cast them into the treasury. If you look it up in the Greek, it means violently cast them into the treasury. That's all she had. She meant business. She wasn't like, well, let me think about this. Let me look at it. It came up in her. She saw it. She's like the woman with the issue of the blood. If I may but just touch the hem of his garden, garment, I shall be healed. It was violent. She, was, she wasn't even allowed to be in public. If they'd have caught her and the, and the religious people had their way, they'd have stoned her. This is bad. But she didn't care. She was like the four leopards. What have we got to lose? Why sit we here till we die? Let's go make something happen, y'all. Jesus is about to come back. I don't know if it's this weekend or the next weekend or the next year or the next decade. It does not matter. He is coming. He is coming. I don't know about that. Yeah, well, you will. You will. When you watch all of us go, whoof, you will. And we got to get what we're going to get done, done. We're fixing to be frozen in time. That the last thing you did was the last thing you'll ever do. I'm always saying I need to clean up my office desk before he comes. Based on that, he's not here for a while. We're safe. So planting a seed is always an assault against the world system. Because you can never afford it. I mean, really, can you? Seed sowing, it's not like three cents here and three dollars there. Seed sowing is deliberate and it's 
It's, a, it's an action word. And so it's an assault against the world system. In other words, you're sticking your finger in the world's eye and says, I'm giving it anyway. Unless it's just in your budget and you just give what you give. That's good, but that's, even that is not the kind of seed sowing we're talking about. I wrote down, say what you will, but I wrote down that sowing seed is the most supernatural thing any of us do. Because everything we do is sowing seed. You lay hands on the sick, sowing seed. You go to church, you're sowing seed. Listen to this. I won't, we won't go there because I'm about out of time, as always. 2 Samuel chapter 24. These scriptures. So here's this Old Testament boy. He's sitting around at his farmhouse. And Aaronah said, Wherefore is my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor of thee, to build an altar unto the Lord, that the plague may be stayed from the people. And Aaronah said unto David, Let the Lord my king take and offer up what seemeth good unto him. Behold, here be oxen for burnt sacrifice, and threshing instruments, and other instruments of the oxen for food. And the king said unto Aaronah, Nay, nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Here it is. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which hath cost me nothing. So there's a sacrificial element. There's both mites going into the treasury. Did you hear that? The little boy said, I, can I have one fish and one loaf? No, we, we, we need it all. Well, if you're going to multiply for all these people with two fish and five loaves, couldn't you just take one fish and, five, and four loaves and do the same thing? We need it all. We need it all. And the Bible says they took up 12 baskets. John chapter 6. Can you go there with me? I think you're right, Deborah Ann. I think there's a series brewing here. We don't know. Sure we do. <laughs> chapter 6 of verse 5. Now, same thing here. Jesus then lifted up his eyes, verse 5, and saw a great company come unto him. He saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread? Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. I think the Lord knows a lot of times what he's going to do to y'all. <laughs> is this a trick question, Lord? Philip answered, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. Lord, even if we got on the budget plan. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. Here's the point I was making a while ago. But what are they among so many? And you know, you got to find out what you have. What are they among so many? The power of the seed does not care about how many. The seed will supply the need. So it doesn't matter if it's a little seed, so long as it's a seed, it turns from, he says, I will give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So all substance or all provision, all supply has two uses, has two labels, has two names. It's either seed or it's bread, the electric bill, or it's seed. But it all looks the same in our culture. It's U.S. American dollars. It's all the same. It, it doesn't come. Well, we got some seed money in the mail today. Well, that's good. That'll go next to our bread money. No, it all looks the same. Got a thousand dollars in your account. What's seed and what's bread? Ah, it's up to you. So you got to find out what's seed. This church is amazing. The way y'all give is amazing. We didn't have a service the other night. People gave 
in the next offering for that service we missed. You could just tell it was like there was an extra check in there and it was the same amount they always give on the services that are off tithe. People tend to, I, I do this, give a tithe and then if you're not tithing, you give an offering. And so that's what people do. And this was like, I wasn't there. Y'all weren't there. Nobody was there. But this was my seed. It looked like bread, but it was seed. And I planted my seed. Well, there's several people here that do that. And I'm telling you, it's easy to get into agreement with anything that they say they're believing God for. Because there's a flow. The power of the seed is limitless. Five, five bread loaves, five biscuits actually, is a lad. It was a lad. It wasn't Jethro Bodine, it was a lad. It's five biscuits and a sardine or two. And it was enough to feed everybody. So what is the evidence of love? Let's get this. If, if giving is limitless, what else is limitless? Well, the only thing is that the Bible says about that is that love never fails. It's the only thing. Uh, prophecy will fail. Everything will fail except love. So if, if we were to say that the power of a seed is limitless, we would have to somehow connect giving to love. Well, then we'd go to John 3, 16 that says, for God so loved. How much did he love? That he gave. So the evidence of loving is giving. Well, how much did he love? He gave his only begotten son. Oh, he must have loved a lot. We measured it by he gave a lot. That's exactly how it is for all of us. Lust says me, me, me. Love says you, you, you. Because I promise you that hundred dollars you socked into the offering last month or this week or today would have bought several things at Publix. Not as many as it used to. All seed will spend for bread. So anyone that's prosperous, that's a Christian, is the evidence of giving out of love. Just some, just some powerful things. Oh, I don't have time for anything else. I will do this, though. I like this. I found this the other day. Everything's based on your perspective, your attitude. Some people think giving is a terrible thing. Oh, the church just, that preacher just wants your money. That's all he does. We actually had a man that, that attended a few services with us quite a few years ago. And he, he took the offering that we gave, that we, that we talked about, whoever it was. And he came back at me and said, all y'all want is my money. And all y'all talk about is money. And that was a unique perspective. But listen to this. It says, yea, though I, they, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So there's a perspective about a shadow. The shadow of death. But then if you go to Psalm 91, it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place abideth of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So money can be evil. You can, you can mess up your life with too much of it with, the, with, with letting it control. Or it can be the most blessed expression of love. A shadow can be the shadow of death or the shadow of the Almighty. One's protection and one is an ominous evil. Same thing with money. Money is whatever you give it. It has the morality and the power of whatever we give it. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm a taskmaster. I'm making my money work for me. I'm putting it in the ground. I'm telling it to shut up. 
I like this scripture and I will quit with this. God loves, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. God loves, he takes pleasure in, prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. Ah, that's River Church. We're stepping it up. Not by any kind of manipulation or program or anything. We're just going to preach the love of God and giving is going to be the result. It'll change none of us here. We're going to reach the lost. We're going to feed the hungry, hungry in spirit. We, we may put a bow on, on the... We, we, yeah, we may light up some lights at the front, but this is pretty much it. I like no frills. I like no frills. Do y'all remember what this building looked like when we moved in? Do y'all remember the pink walls? And the lacy curtains? It was a sight, wasn't it? So we like it nice. Lord, we love you. We love you. Every time we give in the offering, we're putting us in there. I put me in the offering. It's me. That money is not money. It's me. So thank you, Lord, for receiving us. Thank you, Lord, for the life that you've prepared for us, both here and in heaven. Not much different. We're having to work on this heaven thing on the earth. But actually, it's just like it is. Days of heaven on earth. So I changed my mind this morning about money. I quit resisting it. I quit looking for it. I start thanking you for it. I am supplied. You supply all of our need. Who and more. And we're well, well supplied in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? He's just.